0: Hey, what's up? If you're seeing this, if you're hearing this, you're tuned in to the podcast replay. I'm so happy to have you. As always, a reminder, go check out Crypto Caribbean on Instagram at crypto underscore Caribbean or on Twitter at crypto with a zero for the o Caribbean. We are getting ready for an exciting conversation. I mean, I don't know that any conversation that we have on a Friday is not an exciting conversation, but we're gonna give the live an opportunity to populate, and then we're gonna get right into it. All right, I see the numbers starting to buzz. So let's do this. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, depending on where in the world you are joining me from. I am Illuminati, and this is the Crypto and Cognac podcast show every Friday at 8 p.m. As always, powered by alti.com, the one-click crypto wallet for Telegram and WhatsApp. And as always, fueled by Hennessy TT. Tonight, I'm having my favorite, Mr. VSOP himself, and we're going to have a dope conversation with an amazing artist and amazing talent and we're gonna let him join in a short while before I do that just some house rules as always guys nothing that we share here this evening should be misconstrued as financial advice as always the ice rule information conversation and education that's how we do it not financial advice I am NOT a financial advisor I don't think that Nicholas is so, not financial advice, right? Gonna have the man himself touching in with us shortly. What's up to Saucy Googler? Yo. Hello. Good evening. What's up, buddy? Not too much. Looking forward to this. Yeah, man. How are things rolling right now?
1: Yeah, can't complain.
0: All right. All right. I- I'm-, I'm a drink porter, Sorry, right to- all right. So most importantly, most yeah. importantly, we need the truth serum. Indeed, and 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 usually, usually, I have my Hennessy, and I have a pitcher of water that I usually drink from my Hennessy uh, pitcher. But tonight, I have a special cup that I'm going to be drinking from. Right. Hey. Cheers. Cheers. We'll talk a little, <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about this, this cup in a short while. But go ahead and introduce yourself for those who don't know who the man Nicholas Huggins is. All right. Hello,
1: everyone. My name is Nicholas Huggins. I'm a graphic designer and an illustrator. I have a design company called Backyard Design. We specialize in packaging, branding. We also do a bunch of illustration work as well. I have a clothing line called Deft Month. Um, And I recently got into the the nft space earlier this year so so doing a lot of things have a lot of my clear right now but enjoying everything
0: nice man all right all right so 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 let's let's jump straight into it you are a graphic designer right i'm not gonna ask you to tell your age but <laughs> unless you're probably 16 or 17 years old that is not a traditional uh career path That parents, you know, recommend for their kids or kids find themselves in. So tell me, how did you decide, or how were you drawn to that particular career? How 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 did that start?
1: So I, since I was really young, I went to um, Bishop's Junior School, and even even since my Bishop's days, I was always encouraged to pursue art. I really like drawing. I really like painting. I really like doing all sorts of different like, artistic endeavors. Then I went to St. Mary's College, where I had um, a guy by the name of Andre Rez as my art teacher. And like, he's a guy that I still keep in touch with up to today. He really encouraged me to do art. I did art straight, or, straight up to Form 6. Um, and then I was kind of deciding where to go to university. And luckily enough, um, my parents were very supportive in terms of what I did. My dad my dad, for instance, was always of the mindset that once you start your own business, regardless of what field it's in, you'll make a living doing it. So I decided I wanted to go to art school. So I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. And exactly. I didn't even really know Yeah, I didn't even really know what graphic design was, to be honest. I was like, I'm just gonna go and like do painting or illustration <laughs> or something like I knew of like four different things you could do in art. And when I got to this school I was like, Holy crap, there's like 150 different like things that you can do in the sort of art and design sphere so it was like really eye-opening and so I, I got to SCAD and for the first year at SCAD you do um, foundation classes so you do drawing art history. you kind of learn the foundations of art and design right. color theory that type of thing and one of the classes we took was actually called um, CMPA which was computer arts and I took that class and I have never used Photoshop, never used Illustrator. And it was kind of like, they just kind of touched on it. So I was like, that sounds cool. So I took the class as a foundation class and I loved it. I love Photoshop. I love do, working in Illustrator and InDesign and these types of things. And from there I decided, you know what? I'm gonna explore graphic design. So I took an intro to graphic design class. And from there, like I straight up just fell in love with graphic design. And decided to not focus on painting or illustration or whatever and just kind of go hard on, on graphic design. And that's left SCAD after four years, graduated, came back to Trinidad, ironically worked at Burger King as the in-house graphic designer for a year. And then I got a, and then I got, um, so I worked, at, I worked as a designer for Burger King for a year. And then I got a job offer from McCann, which I always like looked up to their work, really respected the work that McCann was doing. And it was a really great opportunity. And I worked at McCann for about two and a half years until I decided it was time to quit and go off on my own. And that's what I've been
0: doing kind of ever since. All right, all right. So so a lot of things that you touched on there that I think are gonna be great touch talking points for our conversation. So you went to SCAD, you said you, you knew about maybe four things that you could do with art and then you were kind of exposed to 150 different things, maybe more, right? Yeah. It sounds like you went to Savannah School of NFTs because it's kind of the same experience people have when they, when they come into the NFT space. You know, they kind of think, all right, we're going to draw some pictures and upload them on the blockchain, and then we realize NFTs are a whole different thing. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about your betrayal, right? You started at Burger King, right? And most recently, we're gonna go f- way back and then we're gonna come forward. Most recently, you did these cups, right? For those who don't know, these cups were done to celebrate um, the tenth anniversary. Tenth anniversary, yeah, yeah. In, in it, back in Trinidad, so so tell us a little bit about that uh, opportunity. Tell us how you felt, you know, betraying Burger King. <laughs> so to like to put on
1: your record, I really enjoyed my time at Burger King. I worked for a guy named Ryan Lewis who's now at Label House and yeah. like he was amazing to, to work for and I had a really great I had a really great time there. I met some great people and but at the end of the day when a when a company like McDonalds comes to you as a as a like when you're doing your own thing, you yeah. that's not an opportunity that you pass up just yeah, so, so yeah,
0: you don't they skip are. the opportunity to put that on your portfolio.
1: Exactly. And they actually called me. I was, on, I was traveling um, with my fiance, Alex. We were in Colombia. And I was kind of trying to take it easy. You know, when you travel and you're working for yourself, you're still, you're still working, right? You're traveling, but you're working. 100%. Um, but I was trying to take it easy. And I got a message on Instagram, actually, from um, an account exec at Lonsdale, which is another advertising agency. And... She said they're interested in me illustrating these cups and creating these illustrations. Would I be, would I be interested in doing it? And if I could send some samples of my work of stuff that I've done before. And I said, cool. I sent it to them. They came back. They were like, cool. We need these designs in a week. I was like, Lord, oh, have mercy. I was
0: like,
1: uh, I, I try and enjoy my, my holiday, but you know, that once again is an opportunity that yeah, you're not you going
0: to pay for the next holiday too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I immediately got to work. Um, started just sketching a bunch of ideas and luckily they were a really easy client to work with. Once I sent them the ideas, they were all on board and then they were familiar with my work. So they kind of knew what to expect. So there was really almost no back and forth in terms yeah. of ch- changes. They're more or less what you see that I did for McDonald's is more or less what my vision was yeah, based so on the trust- brief that I was given. Yeah. They trusted me a hundred percent and you can
0: ask for more on a client. Yeah. That's, that's actually too. Uh, Good evening, Alex. How are you, darling? I'm going to say hi, guys. This attractive young man is off the table, so <laughs> don't even think about it, right? All right, so the the cup, the, cup your, the name of your company, and some of your other work, I see a general kind of theme with it, right? Now, one of the more popular things that people probably know in terms of your work, but probably don't know that it's you is the collaboration that you did with Kesley band. So tell us a little bit about what you guys did, um, how, how you saw the vision, how you guys came together with that. And then I will talk a little bit about my experience with that as a customer.
1: Got it. Okay. So, um, last year, which was 2020, the year of the pandemic, um, Alex and I were actually stuck in England because we went to visit her parents for two weeks, got stuck in England for eight months. So I was kind of working remotely from from the in law's house, um, <laughs> which was a great experience and and um got I got a good a good introduction into the family and so I was working remotely, and that carnival, I was creating a bunch of like personal work illustrations posting it on Instagram one of the things that I illustrated was like a sort of cartoon caricature of Kess. Yeah. And I posted it and he commented and that was kind of it. And he actually sent me a DM and he said, he said, he's like, yo, this is dope. Let's work in the future. Send me uh, your number. So I sent him my number and literally months passed. And then it was like July or August. And all of a sudden I've guessed what's me asking me about, um, He's like, yeah, let's work together. This live album coming out is going to be kind of like a live album meets the greatest hits. Um, so I was like, yeah, that sounds really, really cool right up my alley. So I, um, that was kind of how it started. Once again, it was a, a kind of a short time frame project. I think we had maybe two or three weeks to work on it. But of course, it was super cool. I did um, the main album artwork. I did four of these singles, four covers for these singles that he was bringing out in the lead-up to the album. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a really great experience. Kess Kes has two, two managers that have, have become really cool with, Damon and Evan, and, and we have formed a really good relationship with Kess and his team.
0: Yeah. I mean, so for me, as a customer, I think that project, I don't think it could be, I don't think the project, the performance, the concert, the album can necessarily be separated from the artwork like it was it was just so well put together that you can't see is me in any other way and and I'm a very, very passionate music lover, and I hate when you know things don't come together as I feel like it should. In my mind, you know. So sometimes you hear a song, and then you see the artwork for the song, and you're like, Ugh. or you see the, the music video for the song, and you're like, Ugh. yeah,
1: they
0: really let me down here. And and for me, that is me. Artwork that kind of went along the the whole line, length and breadth of the production around that album was just so dope. It was just so dope. I mean. I can't see it any other way. I mean, it it was just like a perfect union. Yeah, I think for me, one of the coolest things
1: was actually looking at the live and seeing how the set designer basically transformed my artwork into like an actual set. Like that was, that was blow mine. And of of course we did the Independence Day We Home show last year. And then there was also the um, Boxing Day show as well which was, like, also blow mine. The set design was incredible. Everything was, as you said, it, it came together It came together so well, and it was, it was yeah. really a, a
0: team effort. And, I mean, like, I mean, you're speaking to the, to the set design and how they really captured your designs. I mean, it was amazing seeing it live, like, being at the show live and, and seeing the, the whole, you know, backdrop and how they built out everything around it. You know, it really became an integral part of the show you know the art was a part of the performance you know For sure. so i mean congratulations to you congratulations to kes and the team yeah it was a it was a great experience working with them all right so so tell me about maybe one of your other projects that you've done um that we've kind of experienced in the physical realm so we have we have the cup we have Ismi. Tell me about, you know, one of the other ones that get, you know, super proud of that, you know. Um,
1: I would say a project that I'm, I've been super happy with is the British Pepper Sauce rebrand. Um, British Pepper Sauce is a, is a product that I personally love and it's something that I always have in my house. Let, and... let me ask
0: you a question. Regular yes. or Scorpion? Because i a go. a fan.
1: So it depends on what I'm eating. I have all. I have all four flavors in my house. And I have the big tubs, and I refill my small bottle. And it really depends on what I'm eating, you know? But I would say my most use is probably the regular. Um, But yeah, that was a a really fun project to work on. Once again, a client that was really incredible to work with. Um, And funnily enough, um, the wife of Logan, who runs British right now with his mom, whose dad was the original guy who made the pepper sauce, Logan's wife, Ashley Thompson Stewart, is a watercolour painter that I've collaborated with a couple of times on like the Ortonola chocolate packaging as well as a uh, soap design for the CGA. So really? it, was really, it was really nice that I collaborated with Ashley and then Lo- Lo- Logan then called me to sort of work on his project as well. Yeah, so yeah. It was, it was a, that
0: project was a lot of fun. Nice. I mean, you, you've, you, so, so you've really had quite a bit of success with your uh graphics with your designs in the traditional space right so the question is why take a chance on something that is as new as you know the nft space what kind what was the thing that kind of triggered your mind to go that route so back in like maybe
1: april or march um Stephen Hadi Jr. reached out to me and, and Stephanie as well. And they were like, listen, we wanna jump on a call and talk to you about NFTs. And I was like, cool. I think <laughs> the, the the like people's 69 million dollar auction had just happened. And I was like, I was like, sure, like let's let's talk about it. And they were both extremely gracious with their time. I think we spent like maybe about a good hour, hour and a half on a Zoom call. Um, they walked me through everything, how to set up a wallet, like literally took the time and the more I looked into it, the more I realized like all the work that I've done in terms of all my digital art, because that's, that's a lot of what I post onto my Instagram. Like I, yeah, I do my graphic design stuff, but I also do a ton of illustration vector illustration, um, illustration on like on the iPad pro, that kind of thing. So that's what I really enjoy doing. And that's of the art that I do. And I've sort of have like, apart from my business, I also have like a side hustle. I sell prints of the illustrations that I do. And I think that when I kind of fell fell into this sort of knowledge of what NFTs are and what the space is, it, it like clicked, it was like, okay, this is what I've been working for the last 10 years on is literally up to this point of creating NFTs. Like yeah. the world has handed this to me. This is what you need to do because this is pretty much what I was doing. But I was trying to like, posting stuff on Instagram to get basically leads for my graphic design business. So people would see my illustration, share it. More people would hear about me and therefore I'd get hired to do branding and packaging design and that kind of thing. So it went from being just a lead generation for my design business into being something that was feasible as uh, an entire thing unto itself.
0: Right. So shout out to Creator Labs, 3D, Steven, Steph, my favorite people i think they're the nft parents of trinidad and tobago and the region because i mean i don't know anybody in this space who haven't touched who haven't been touched by Stephen and steph i mean i love them to death i mean <sighs> i have been touched by them but unfortunately they needed to you know hit me a slap because unfortunately i didn't take their advice and get a board ape but you know We can't cry over spilt milk.
1: You win some, you lose some.
0: (laughs) You win some, you lose some. So, all right. So, you you had a conversation, Steph and Steven. They start, you know, your brain start clicking like, yo, this is everything I've been working up towards until now. How did you kind of decide on what was going to be your first step?
1: Right. So, when I spoke to them, I was kind of in the middle of a project called 36 Days of Type. Right. And basically what 36 days of type is, is that you, every day you start, I think you start on like March 1st or whatever the case is. And March 1st is A, March 2nd is B. And it's a public invitation to illustrators, artists, designers, whoever to um, each day illustrate a letter, right? And everyone is illustrating the same letter every day for 36 days. You go A to Z, zero to nine. And... I was kind of coming down to the end of that. And what I, what I realized is that the more I posted of these letters, by the time I got to like the middle of the alphabet, it was kind of like people, it was kind of taking off. People were sharing it. People were commenting a lot, messaging me. This is really cool. And I decided I'm a man. I like to put parameters on a project. Like I I like to put myself into a corner and see how I get out (laughs) of it. Right. So Apart from just being like, okay, I need to design the letters of the alphabet, I decided every letter has to be in the style of Caribbean architecture, right? So A is our rum shop, B is like a St. James house, C is whatever, D is whatever, the letter N was the gingerbread house around the Savannah, Y was Stallmeyer's castle. So I really wanted to um, put myself into a corner and see how I worked out of it. And some letters were super hard, like X. What I ended up doing for X was putting the twin towers, kind of looking like they're whining on each other. So, yeah. And so, like, I was in the middle of that. And um, I was sort of working up to releasing a limited edition print of that piece. And what I did was I released a limited edition of 50 prints. And I decided maybe the week before the print was going to go live is the day that I had a call with Stephen and Steph. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to release all 36 in one piece, as an NFT. And I'm going to put it out on my birthday, which is May the 14th. And whoever buys the NFT, I will, se- I will send them the, the physical print, number one right. of the 50. And, I mean, the print, comp- like, in- It went like
0: hotcake. yeah. I remember. It went like hotcakes, yeah. I, was I remember com- checking in the day after, uh, uh, because one of my friends, Ricky, told me about it, because he had gotten, like, eat or something like that. By the yeah. time I checked, it was, it was a done deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, they sold out in like six days. And I was blo- I was absolutely blown away. And unfortunately, with Trinidad, you can't really ship things out. So it was all people in Trinidad who right. bought, right? Um, so anyway, I, I minted the NFT on May 14th on my birthday and was really into the NFT space. And then I kind of got a little disheartened because nothing was happening with the NFT. So I decided, you know, what, let me... Let me um, let me adjust the pricing. Let me let me do some certain things. Maybe start marketing it a bit more, and then literally in October, so like months later, all of a sudden, I just got an email on my phone: a bid has been placed. And I mean, like, I freaked out. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Like, it's literally like, I I I don't even know how to describe the feeling, but to to get a bid on a piece that's been up for like I think at the time it was maybe like six months. Yeah. Um, it really. Like, it blew my mind and it opened my eyes to the possibility in terms of, like, what could come of of NFTs. And literally, from the time I got that bid to now, all, like, I mean, to the to the um, dismay of everyone around me, all I could talk about or think about uh, are yeah. NFTs and crypto and that. Literally, like, that's all I'm talking about these, these days. That's all I'm researching. And... So that was kind of my introduction into the into the NFT space,
0: right? All right, and and since then, you've you've taken a few more steps, right? You have a pretty dope project that you recently launched. Um, I mean, I feel like your your reference point for local and regional context with your art is so profound so the project you recently launched um, is like crypto references of local things right yeah so so tell us a little bit about that so one of my like most popular
1: illustrations that I that I've done are these um these boots around the savannah these these right. vendor boots that come up at carnival and the reason why I love them is because, to me, when I see them start going up, that to me is the signifier that Carnival reached, right? And everything from the color to the shape to literally everything with these vendor boots really intrigue me. Which is why, like any McDonald's cup, like yeah. that's something that I've referenced. Like I've I've made I made three D models of them. Like literally, I <laughs> I just love them. I love that they're like fully like. Painted in primary colors, they break yeah. them apart every year, they put them back together, and the colors are all mismatched.
0: Yeah, like labels.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, when I, I live in St. Anne, so like when I drive around in Savannah and like late November and I see them, it really like um, gets me excited for, for Carnival, right? So I decided to merge Carnival, and obviously I was doing a deep dive into crypto and NFT. So I said, let, let, me, um, let me merge. Caribbean references with crypto references and it will be sort of like inside jokes for all the people that I've um, sort of interacted with who are local and into crypto, you know, so that was kind of the genesis of the idea and so I created this I was creating this one-off piece and then I decided you know, there's so much little elements going into this one-off piece, let me pull the elements off, out and make a make a collection of pieces based on these on these elements, so that was sort of how the idea of creating a collection from that one-off piece came about.
0: Right. Okay. Cool. So, one of the one of your pieces, the the LPG gas tank, um, referencing Ethereum gas and the gas fees. Let me ask then, what what allowed you to choose Ethereum as the network for your collection? Was it kind of a no-brainer? Um, were there specific things that you kind of thought about and is it something that you intend to continue with do you have ideas of maybe doing work on other blockchains as well you know tell me a little bit about that that's a really good question
1: and really and the reason i chose ethereum was because most of my research was going into ethereum because that's where a lot of the more popular projects were minted on so and then um one of my good friends who also went to SCAD, Sakani, Solomon, he had sent me an invite for foundation in mm-hmm. back in like March. And so because of the invite to foundation and that first piece that I minted, like my first thing was on Ethereum. So I said okay. I said, let, let me just let me just stick with it. And to answer your question of if I'm gonna continue, I'm not too sure. Like I just looked at Anya and Wildflowers drop last night. And I think that seeing them on polygon I, th- I think that maybe i'm working on a collection right now, and I think may- maybe the next collection might be on polygon or like I look at r- the work of like Rodel Warner on Tezos and like that's some incredible stuff and i'm i'm right now like I would say i'm just sort of absorbing kind of everything and i'm making decisions based on what i what I think is best and the unfortunate thing with the collections on OpenSea and ethereum is that the buyer now has to spend a lot of money in gas, and obviously, for me, I rather I rather someone who's, who's buying into my work not have this basically, like, prohibitive gas fee to pay just to buy my work and support me, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, for me as a, um, I would say I'm an NFT collector. I mean, I do tons of, I have some stuff from Ethereum. Um, I have a bunch of stuff from um, et Nunk which is um, Tezos, Rodel, i have a couple pieces from rodell lab um a couple pieces from um, trini sofa and a few other people but my thing with ethereum though and maybe maybe it it may encourage artists to price their work a little bit higher but my thing is you know when i see that i'm buying a piece and let's say 100 us is going to the artist's but then hundred and forty US is going to the networking fees. It's kinda like uh I, I I rather I'd rather pay two hundred and forty dollars for a piece for the same piece and spend a dollar in gas than spend the same two hundred and forty one dollars where the artist only gets hundred dollars and you know, hundred and forty goes in gas. So I feel like that's a challenge that Ethereum uh, founders really have to work on. Polygon is an amazing platform in terms of, you know, a layer two that is looking to um, capitalize on that kind of disconnect between users or um, average users and the Ethereum chain. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say definitely does one to look at. Um, yeah. We talked to Anya about that. I mean, there, I know Polygon is on a major drive to kind of build um, – Uses bring users to their chain, and I know there are tons of opportunities there as a result of that. But yeah, what do you think about Solana? Have you looked at Solana as a as a blockchain for? I'm now
1: getting into like researching yeah. uh, Solana. Like I kind of scoped out Soul C for a little bit, and I actually really like the the UX of that website. So that is definitely something I'll consider. I just the The benefit of Polygon is that it's on OpenSea as well, and right. so you can kind of consolidate all your collection in. Like, if you have Ethereum pieces or Polygon pieces, it's consolidated on OpenSea.
0: Right, and you could all you could store all on your MetaMask wallet as the keys, maybe you know, in one place. Exactly, and but I of- like
1: as you were saying about the pricing. Like, I think that I'll continue to put out one of one pieces at a slightly higher price on Foundation. Because on foundation the artist and the creator covers the covers the gas fee right right so the buyer or the collector only has to has a like a small gas fee to make the bid or to settle the auction but basically the artist um, the artist puts out the the initial gas right. for that so I you could mint on foundation put it at a slightly higher price and if it sells you make your money back but you know and obviously um with foundation because the, the creators putting out the gas fee, you also need to make sure that the quality of your work is is to the highest like the the, the 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 degree
0: yeah and i mean i think I think ethereum still has the most the most customer traffic in terms of marketplaces open is still you know by far the 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 biggest one i think for artists and creatives foundation is still kind of like the go-to place um there is like rareables and some other places like that but i feel like uh foundation is kind of where people go to look for art from artists so in terms of making yourself accessible in the space to nft um collectors i feel like foundation and ethereum is a good place but for, like, someone like you who is kind of transitioning their existing fan base who are non-crypto people into that world, I feel like gas fees could be a major, like, yeah, like all oh, cuffing your face kind of thing. For sure. So, so I think... I like...
1: The one, the one thing is, like, to onboard someone into NFTs, you first need to onboard them into crypto, right? So it's two layers of onboarding. So it, it is a lot of... um. There's a lot of work to do to get one person to sort of buy into the whole concept of it all, you know? Right.
0: And so are you, are you a collector as well? Do you collect other artists' work and that kind of thing?
1: I am. I, I'm now starting. I got, so I actually um, got one of Anya's and Wildflower's pieces last night, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have two crypto rasters. I have some popables, of course. Right. Create Labs bigger. Shop-
0: Creator labs.
1: Um, so I have three popables, which I know they're doing the pop in. I think this weekend, so I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I minted a Woman Rise NFT this week as well. So that's sort of the. Obviously, I only recently started collecting. Um, I am. I'm, I'm a, a artist. Even when I sell my physical pieces, I always like to reinvest some of my like earnings into into buying art so like i have a lot of physical art that i usually buy with the um money that i make selling prints or selling paintings and i plan to do the same
0: with my earnings from my nfts as as well all right so i'm gonna ask you a question don't be too specific because you already tell the people where you live right and we don't want them coming looking for you right but how has the nft side been for you in terms of has it has it been worth the transition in terms of the financial opportunity for artists? Yeah, definitely. it It definitely has been. Um,
1: now, I'm not saying that like you could start drawing whatever today and be selling NFTs tomorrow. Like I've been, I've been building a brand as an as an artist as an illustrator for like literally the last ten years, posting. Every day on Instagram, like I have put in,
0: I mean thousands put, of you've, thousands you've of hours. you put in your ten thousand hours. Double up, yes. so beyond. Right. yeah, beyond.
1: So I probably had a little bit of a head start because of that. Um, I have I have a lot of of buyers who buy my my physical work, so. I definitely had a head start. I won't. I won't say I've achieved like any sort of great success in NFTs. Yeah. But I, yeah, I <laughs> thanks. I definitely plan to keep pushing. Like literally every day, I spend at least a few hours working on on NFT work. Um, probably more than a few hours. More, more than I'd like to admit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I mean, crypto sucks you in and it never lets you out. So let me ask. Let me ask a question, right? So when when your first piece sells for $69 million, right, are you going to keep Nick Huggins as your brand name or are you going to change your name to like Meeple or or, or something? (laughs) They are going to have no brand name.
1: I'll disappear off the face of the earth.
0: (laughs) Ah, You and Alex on a beach somewhere?
1: Yeah, somewhere. You don't know where, but we somewhere.
0: (laughs) All right. So let's talk a little bit about um, the regular crypto side. now. We've talked a little bit about the NFT space and we're going to get back to that. But have you looked at the investment side of the crypto space? Um, What has that looked like? Give me your thoughts about making that transition, not as an artist, but maybe as an investor as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, my sort of general, I'm very risk averse, right? But I'm also, I'm the kind of person and um, like what Alex and I have kind of decided is we're going to put a little bit every week. And so you sort of hedge your bets you You minimize your risk, basically. DCA. You get any ups, any downs. You're not studying. Yeah. Oh, it's high today. It's low tomorrow. Like my sort of... um investment mindset is to just put in a little bit every now and then and like i'm not studying like i like let's say i buy a hundred dollars of bitcoin when it was thirty two thousand dollars back in may i'm not looking back when it's sixty eight thousand and thinking to myself damn i should have put in more like i'm not really studying that um i have a good friend who i went to university with and he is a bitcoin believer and he is like don't even think about Bitcoin for yourself. He's like, this is for your kids. This isn't like decades. Like, don't even study Bitcoin for yourself. He's like, just buy a little bit, buy a little bit, buy a little bit. Obviously, spend what you're willing to lose. That's kind of my, my kind of go-to um, motto. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my my thinking. I've not I've not really looked at any of the altcoins. I'd say I've stuck to kind of the big four right now of like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, Cardano. Um, that's kind of what I've been looking at.
0: Sounds good. I mean, sounds like a great starting point. And yeah, yeah I mean, some good, some good, whoever, whoever is advising you clearly um, are managing your expectations. Well, you know, a lot yes. of people come into this space and, you know, they're looking, they're looking to get rich in. In five minutes, you know, so they're looking at the most extremely risky um, opportunities. But yeah, like and I mean, extra, I feel like you did the right thing, you know, you'd kind of assess your own risk um, potential
1: and then yeah. you move from there. Yeah, and I mean, you hear these stories of like, oh, if you put a thousand dollars in this coin back in February, or I had two million dollars, but it's like, yeah, but if you put a thousand dollars in, and you have another hundred coins, you'd have had zero dollars, so you can't really like look at those stories and think like that is good um something to think about because at the end of the day is a lot of it is kind of like a lottery you know
0: yeah, I mean hindsight is always twenty twenty i mean anybody with a time machine is a is a billionaire you know if you had put a thousand dollars in Amazon in nineteen ninety six if you had buy land in Manhattan 100 years ago. I mean, yeah, you would to set for could, life. Yeah. We could go on and on and on about yeah. the ifs. But so, so how does, how does your, I would say your career as a creator in the crypto space and your personality as an investor in the crypto space, how do those things conflict? How do those things reconcile themselves? Does one kind of help the other? What have you found thus far?
1: So, first of all, I wouldn't even really consider myself an investor in the crypto space. Um, <laughs> I just chuck a little thing here and there. You mean um, it? Yeah. Um, I would say I'm way more like I'm more investing. in my time and my energy into the NFT space. And I look, and I look at it as, as an investment of my time and my resources um, in the hope that for me, it, it benefits me, it benefits the people who've collected my work in the past and it, it will benefit the people who have collected my work in the future. So right. that is kind of, I'm kind of more hedging my bets on something that I know, which
0: is myself. Right. Yeah. You're Be betting on yourself. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about the, the aspect of, you know, the NFT space that allows you to continue to get residual royalties on your work? Because yeah. how, how, does, how does that compare to your experience in the physical space?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not at a point yet where I have pieces in the physical world that are reselling for more than I sold it for. But I do have pieces that I sold for like really, really cheap, maybe a few years ago. That I um, kind of was like, wait, like I should have probably sold that for a little bit more, and whatever. And it was a, it probably good for that person. And I think it is like one, literally one of the best aspects for creators because you, like, you are basically you have the potential to have passive income for the rest of your life if you if you put any work and if your, if your work is good and if your um, community of collectors is good and if they believe in you and if you believe in yourself. So I think even for me as a creator, when I speak to people about the NFT space, and I mentioned that, I could see a, like a switch click in their mind
0: as to how it's beneficial for the creator. Right, and you know, just kind of following up from that, what advice would you give to someone who is maybe 16, 17 in high school, thinking about a career in art, thinking about a career in design. And, you know, what would you tell them about your career in general and the opportunities in the crypto NFT space specifically?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think for me, what really worked for me is basically like doing any work. I... I'm I'm not a big believer in talent. I think talent will take you maybe four percent, but hard work will take you the other ninety six percent. Yes, you need to maybe quote unquote have an eye or or whatever, but I think that I think that anyone can do anything that they set their mind to. They do their ten thousand hours. They put their head down. They do the work. Um, And I'm talking from my personal experience on what worked for me, which was literally creating art every single day and sharing it because people really respect, even if the art, even if you post Monday something good, Tuesday something good, Wednesday you're not really feeling up to it and you post something that's not so good, people respect the grind, people respect that you have consistency. And like when when you and I met up last week Friday and you told me, you, this was your 27th episode yeah. coming up. And I was like, in a row, and you said yes, like that immediately paints a picture in my mind of the, of the kind of drive that you have, right? So I think apart from the fact of whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's all right, the fact that you did it 27 times in a row, like that should get anyone's immediate respect. So to anyone trying to get into this space, I would say just work, work, work. Don't expect immediate results maybe think to yourself that this is a three-year investment that you're making. If you're 19 years old, think to yourself, yeah, but when you're 23 years old, which is still very young, yeah. you could be making a lot of money if you spend every single day working on your craft.
0: Yeah, I mean, and as you say that, and I see my boy, uh, Isan from Kickback, designs TT in the building. Uh, Kickback does my graphics every week for the show. So every single week, they, you know, I mean, I I just kind of give Isan, you know, the slightest direction. I may say, you know, I feel in this color or, you know, be a little like this week. I just said, yeah, be a little playful with the design. And he always comes up with, you know, something amazing that I love. Uh, So, yeah, I think the consistency is a tremendous point. A lot of people get started, get excited and then they, they, they don't see the success come immediately and they get you know, discourage, and then they walk away. And yeah. I think it's, it's it's the same thing with the with the crypto space. You know, people people are always looking for that get rich quick, get successful quick. That that thing that takes you to the fifteen minutes of fame, but you know what happens at minute sixteen. You know, consistency. You know, the, I, I read a book very early in my professional career by a guy by the name of John C. Maxwell called Talent is Never Enough. And I think that really kind of changed my perspective on things. But also I feel like, you know, you kind of have to find your part and your purpose as well because that just connects in a different way. For me, like crypto just kind of connected with me all at once, you know. Yeah. Uh, to the, And, you know, it's taken me to the point where I was able to, you know, kind of step away from my traditional job and you know I'm, I'm able to have success in crypto being full-time in the crypto space um which is which you know if you had had that conversation with me maybe a year ago i would be like hell no crazy <laughs> talk. crazy talk crypto, yeah cap, crypto can't pay my bills <laughs> yeah but here, but here i am so i mean we kind of we kind of winding down um, I don't know if you want to shout anybody out. I don't know if you, if you have anything else you want to share, any questions that you might want to ask, if you want to take some questions from the people in, um, the comments. Yeah, I mean, I'm real
1: open to taking some questions from the comments. Um, I want to pick up like Walt Lovelace, who I'm seeing there. Walt, Walt is a, is a collaborator of mine and he is like one of the most boss videographers in Trinidad. um. Big up obviously Mark and Ariane at Z Labs, like what they're doing is is truly, truly incredible. Yep. Um Arianne. obviously like Anya and Wyatt, Steven and Steph, Kiwan, Landret Smith, like all these people have shared so much of their time with me and like I will kind of forever be in their debt because and that's another thing that's amazing about the um the crypto space, the NFT space, is that everyone is so willing to to share, you know. And that's sort of a a pillar of my values is that I want to be as as transparent as possible. So I love that the
0: NFT space really um, kind of goes towards that, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a tremendous point. I mean, I've come from the corporate space, um, financial services specifically. And, you know, everything you do is kind of like, Guard your secrets, guard your secrets. So to come into the crypto space where everything is like open source, everything is so collaborative, everything is like share this, you know, give away an idea for free because somebody might build something that comes back to you. Like that for me was like so blue mind, but so in line with, um, you know, my idea of life, you know, how how energy is transferred and how how you know karma cycles are wrong and that kind of thing so for me i think that was a huge deal for me in kind of i guess feeling that pull towards making a life in this crypto space so yeah that's a huge point big up to anya and wyatt big up to steph and stephen um Ariane and Mark Z Lab crew, uh, big up George Moses from Omega. Big up my team, um, the Crypto and Cognac podcast Telegram crew, Stephen, who is always supporting. I mean, it's 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 so it's so exciting to see how this space facilitates building community. For sure, you know, um, because. You I, I guess you as an artist, you would have already already had your kind of following and that kind of thing. But I feel like now it allows for people to kind of identify as a follower of yours. Because now as I show you know, when you have a painting home in your house, you're not letting every and anybody into your house. Exactly. But now you have an NFT, you're showing it off, you might put it as your profile picture. You might post it on your um, social media. And you now know people could be like, yo, I have a Nick Huggins paid, um, NFT too, bro. Like, yeah, yeah I respect that. And yeah. it really fosters that community building.
1: Most definitely. And I mean, it, that is one of the craziest and coolest things about this, this space. You know, It's like everyone is sort of brought together on a general idea in terms of what this is and everyone supports one another i mean it, it really is incredible and like i personally think like when i first got into this space the first thing i did was bought an nft i bought a, a crypto raster and that was before that was before i launched a collection i was like i need skin in the game and that's something i recommend to everyone before you get into something have some skin in the game but like buy some ethereum check it out like before you do anything um Really buy into it so that you could you could feel a bit invested into whatever it is, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a great point. I mean it's it's one of the I think the overarching principles that I try to execute on, especially with my community. Um, one of the things I love to do is give away free bags. I love to give people the opportunity to be gifted their first crypto, you know, where you could get involved in a risk-free um, way. And just see see the change you know because i think even seeing the change positively or negatively you realize okay this is real and then at that point you could kind of make a decision okay how deeply do i want to get involved in this so i absolutely love the idea of you know getting skin in the game um shout out to crypto rasters um I'm not going to give anything away, but you all might see them very soon. Digital dubs, big up digital dubs. You all might see them very, very soon on the podcast. Um, Guys, it's December. Shameless plug. It is December. It is Christmas is upon us. And we are counting down to the season finale of the Crypto and Cognac podcast show, season one. Episode 30 is going to be our season finale, and we have an amazing show plan for you. All. That's all I'm gonna say. So much free bags, right? If you wanna know what free bags is, yeah. Show up, show up on season finale night. I mean put, it in, it, put it in your
1: calendars from now.
0: Put it in your calendar. And it's Christmas Eve as well. So Santa ah. is definitely gonna show up. Um I had some amazing conversations with my sponsors over the last couple of days, and I am so excited for what I have in store for you guys on the 24th of December. Listen, it's going to be, anyway, anyway, maybe I might, maybe I might be able to talk Nick into giving away an NFT as well. I just say, right? (laughs) Let's do it. Nick. Thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, I'm going to give you one more opportunity to kind of shout everybody out. Um, Say hello. Say hi. Say what's up. Give us your last takeaways. Yeah, I mean, um, I just want to let everyone know, like, my DMs are
1: open. If you want to kind of ask any more questions, like, slide into my DMs. I'm more than
0: happy to... Hold up. Hold up. Just now, before you continue. Guys, Nick is engaged. He means business <laughs> advice, and advice, you can slide into his DMs. Ladies, please continue, Nick. I just have yes. to do that for Alex. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: um, yeah, slide into my DMs if you have any questions about crypto or NFTs or whatever the case is. I'm more than happy to share what, what I've learned so far is not an expansive amount of knowledge, but... I mean, I think I have enough knowledge to, if you're now starting, get, get you yeah. started or point in the right direction. Um, obviously, like, shout out to everyone I mentioned before who kind of, I mentioned that has helped me so much along the way. Shout out to everyone who's collected my work so far. Um, and obviously, to plug my collection, which is available right now, some pieces are still up. Um, it's called Carnival Metal Vendors, and it's on OpenSea. But also, if you just go to nicholashuggins.com and you just click the NFTs link, it should take you to, to the collection. So you can check that out. And in a couple of weeks, I may be releasing another one-of-one one piece, which I'm working on right now. And this one is going to be extra, extra special because I'm actually going to collaborate with someone on that piece.
0: So you, you want to give us any idea who that person
1: is? So it is an animator by the name of Mick Sigobin. And Mick is a longtime collaborator of mine. We worked at McCann together for two and a half years. He then kind of went off as a freelancer a couple of months after I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a boss. He does er- any animation that you see coming out of Backyard Design. That is Mick. Mick is a boss. And so he's going to be making making one of my illustrations dance a little bit.
0: Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Is, is it the Twin bumping and grinding? <laughs> it's not, but it should be. Yo, Nick, I'm so thankful for you giving up your time, giving up your Friday night to come and share a drink with me, share your story with me, uh, give some advice to young up-and-coming artists, people looking to get involved in design, people looking to get involved in NFTs, I look forward to having you back. I look forward to seeing you pass through on Christmas Eve to give away one of your uh, Meta vendors. Definitely.
1: And let me just say one more thing. I want to beg you up for what's going to be 30 episodes in a, in a row. That is, I mean, an unbelievable accomplishment. And, like, I, I don't know how, how, you, how, you, how you've done it. <laughs> um,
0: but, yeah, hats off to you, man. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Guys, as always, thank you for being with me. I look forward to seeing you guys next Friday. As always, I look forward to seeing you guys in the official podcast Telegram group. As I always say, exposure is important. Awareness is a must. And adoption is inevitable. Thank you for being here. Illuminati out. Bless. Thank you.